0: People-first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We We all all want want purpose-driven work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but
1: leaders don't need empty desks and
0: empty shop floors.
1: Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants, about leading in the time of change what is working what is not working and more importantly what we should be thinking about stick around to the end of the show we will reveal how you can be our next guest and now let's engage hello again this is Sri chalapa with people strategy leaders podcast and today i have the honor of having kevin hennigan who's the chief learning officer at click a data analytics company, as well as the chair of the advisory board for the data literacy project. Kevin has helped individuals and organizations maximize the value they receive from their data for over 20 years. He's a frequent speaker and lecturer on topics, including data literacy, data-informed decision-making, decision intelligence, and essential skills for today's workforce. Uh, with that, I'd like to uh, in- uh, welcome you, Kevin. Thanks for joining the show.
0: Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to this.
1: Excellent. So you are obviously interested in data literacy, but you're also a chief learning officer for Click. so you kind of have basically two different, uh, um, you know, two different things you're looking at, you know, data literacy part and then obviously the the learning for your organization. Um, So before we jump into that, you know, can you talk to me why data literacy is now more important than ever before?
0: Absolutely, so I guess I should say for all the listeners, like data literacy, you you may have heard the buzzword, you may not have, but at a very high level, to me, what data literacy is, is, it's applying critical thinking to data. And when I say data, don't just think numbers and spreadsheets, think information, think a news report, think a visualization, think, you know, during COVID, you saw all this information, that's data. So the reason I think it's relevant now in, in the workforce, but also individuals is there's just so much more data out there than there used to be. You think about you know, how we evolved hundreds of thousands of years ago, there wasn't much we had to process. Now we're overloaded with statements. Many of those statements are contradictory. Many of that information is contrary. So our brains are, are getting overloaded and it's not helping us in organizations Drive towards our goal. So it's it's relevant because everyone is talking about wow, there's so much data. This is great. I'm going to learn more about my customer. I'm going to learn more about employee engagement internally. Find out why employees are leaving. All these things you can do with it. But the the point is, yes, you can do it. But if you're not quote unquote literate, you don't know how to interpret it. You don't know how to avoid the pitfalls of how it might be misleading. Then it's actually going to lead you to a bad decision. And all these things I'm talking about, they're not technical. You don't need a math background. You don't need statistics. It's, you need to be able to critically think when you see a piece of data, what it's trying to tell you and why. It's yeah, I think
1: that. I'm, I'm obviously hearing a lot of that these days, uh, in the, in the, uh, role or the office of the HR, if you will, because the office of the HR historically has been focused more around the software aspects of HR, you know, maybe some recruitment, there was some data around that recruitment of all the things were probably more data centric because they were really acting more like sales engines in HR. But outside of that, it was more software aspects, you know, compliance, things of nature. But I'm hearing more and more about data, especially because now you have to show impact to some of the initiatives like DEI, for example, right? Or for ESGs, uh, or employee resource groups, and for making sure that you don't have biases and things of nature. Um, So to that extent, I feel Uh, that I'm hearing that term even more and HR people now have to really upscale in many of them who didn't probably come from a data background uh, in understanding and be able to interpret data. And not necessarily necessarily need to be rocket scientists, right? They don't need to do differential equations, but they still need to understand data enough to know where the impact is actually uh, effective and where they're maybe not seeing the impact of some of their programs. So what message would you say um, you have you been the chief learning officer. You're part of this HR world of work. You know what have you seen or has worked for the HR? Like, how would you recommend some HR HR folks to go about it?
0: Yeah, it, it's a good, it, it, it's about I guess the first thing I'd say is start with the outcome, and it's hard sometimes with data. People like to say, "Oh my God, I have all this great data," like the needle in the haystack. I'm going to find some insight in it. And that's like a wild goose chase, right? Like you're, you're going blindly into it. So for HR organizations, start with what do you want the outcome to be? Measurable goals. Do you, do you want to decrease attrition? Do you want to increase employee engagement? How are you doing that? Once you have those measurable, tangible goals, then you go forward and say, okay, how can I do that? What data do I need to prove out where I am now? And again, You said it before, like, you don't have to be a statistician. You don't have to know. There might be other people that might do some analysis for you. You don't necessarily have to even do the analysis to come up with the insight. You need to then learn how, let's say, you have a team of three or four people that do analytics for you. They're going to come back to you and they're going to give you an insight that says, you know, our top three reasons that employees are leaving are A, B, and C. then what do you do with that? That's where data literacy is, is you need to challenge that. You need to question that. Is that accurate? Why are those the right three things? What actions, interventions can we put in place to help remediate that? And that's why it's important for, for HR is all of these things you're being given insight, you're being given data, but you might not understand the whole context. So you had mentioned bias. There's hundreds of different types of bias. We all have bias, but one of the most common ones we see in business, especially people that are not on the technical side, so let's say like HR and, and marketing and others, is they see a statement from someone they trust or they see a data visualization or they see a, a, a data point and it validates what they were thinking. Then all of a sudden they say, case closed, I'm done, here's my answer, my proof point, and the brain stops working for that. And It's called confirmation bias. What we should be doing is saying, wow, Okay, but maybe that data point is misleading. Maybe there's a reason that that's happening that's not related in the visualization. Maybe something else is causing this, but our human brains don't work that way. We're we're trained to be like, okay, I have this answer. Oh, there's my data. You just validated my point. If anyone takes anything away from this podcast, if someone has the mindset of, I need to go find data to validate my point, that's the wrong mindset for today. The, The right mindset is, I need to find data that challenges my point of view. And if I can't, then I move forward. It's just, it's a switch, but it's a big switch.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, there's a a famous quote. I'm I'm paraphrasing from Ray Dalio, you know, the famous investment uh, manager, um, hedge fund manager, one of the most successful hedge fund managers. um, And one of the things he said is, it's not to know that you're right or if you're right. It's, It's to ask the question, how do I know I am not wrong? Right.
0: Exactly.
1: And to really try to challenge yourself to say, how do I know I'm not wrong? Because you want to prove yourself that you're wrong. And if you don't come up with the, enough proof that you're wrong, then you know you're right. So you can't just say, oh, I found these four, like you said, you know, four stats that confirm my point of view. But then I need to go really try to find more stats that disprove a point of view and do a, as good of a job trying to do that. And then then you now have a reasonable way of doing things. You know. Um, so with that being said you know what uh, how, are you seeing a lot of uh, data literacy projects in organizations you know what are you seeing and obviously you are advocating yeah. for that what are you doing in your role in that area as well
0: Yeah so we are and what's interesting is the organizations that we're seeing they're 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 kind of two different um Approaches that we're seeing. One of them is we're seeing when people reach out to us and say we want to be more data literate. They're coming at it from a from an IT perspective, which is fine. I mean, they you know to build the analytics and the dashboard, you need to be data literate. But we are seeing a growing percentage. I don't want to say it's like a third, but it's close to there. Where it's coming from the HR department because they see it as the important for the future of work and for upskilling. as they hear and they see. When people identify skills, they say they want data literacy. They want people that can critically think. And quite honestly, it's something that's relatively new enough that it's not really taught in university programs. Like you can't go and get a, a bachelor's in data literacy. You can go get get a maybe a master's in data analytics, but that doesn't teach you the critical thinking thing. So, Um, there's a gap, right? People wanna be more data literate, but there's less training out there. So we try to fill the gap and others try to fill the gap, but it it is definitely something on HR's radar because all of their managers in many organizations, whether it's a tech job, a sales job, marketing, one of the common skills that they say is we want our team to be more data literate. Um, And again, what we said before, what's interesting with that is the, the training that people take to try to increase their data literacy it's not technical, it's not science, it's, it's teaching critical thinking, it's teaching active listening, it's teaching how do I challenge my assumptions, how do I think creatively, how do I mitigate bias, and I think that's a good corollary for HR departments as well that have learning and development teams is, you know, you probably deliver courses on public speaking, but do you have any offerings in your catalog on how people should listen? Maybe you should, mm-hmm. right? Do you have any courses? You might have courses on how you how bias impacts recruiting, but do you have any courses on how people can challenge their assumptions when they're making decisions with data? Probably not. So it, it's kind of an evolution of these soft skills to be more focused on critical thinking about the outcome. And like you said, not thinking this data validates my point, but let me find out where I'm wrong in the process.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what, what does future of HR in that sense look like? Does, does it mean HR now have more work to do and more? Is it, does, it, does it make the job difficult or do you think it becomes uh, part of their training program going forward?
0: I think it becomes part of the training program. I mean, So people in HR, all the different departments of it should be more data literate to make better decisions, but it is also from a learning and development point of view, I would say it's more important that people today need to increase their data literacy. It's going to help the company's bottom line. Um, And some people say, well, you know, you can't say that, Kevin, you work for a software company. People need to know like software. Well, there's two differences there. One is you can learn software in a university. There's, there's demand, there's, there's, you know, places for that. But two, you know, I'm aging myself. I was a computer science major in college. The language I learned died two years after I left technology is always innovating. We spend so much time focusing on technology and how to use it. Like in terms of the mechanics of what do I type, the shelf life is short, but these forever skills, they're going to last forever. I would Mm -hmm. much rather teach someone how to actively listen, think systemically and think critically than teach them a software tool that is probably going to be outdated in a decade.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, so as a CEO, uh, when you're looking at the data literacy across the organization, what are the one or two things they should do to start you know, making that part of the culture, if you will?
0: Yeah, well, it's a key word you said culture, right? Because everything we're talking about is critical thinking with data. So the problem with that, and, and people listening might say, well, okay, hold on, time out. So you're telling me that I'm gonna go into a meeting, I'm a new employee, junior associate, I'm in a meeting with my boss and my boss's boss, and they show a visualization and you want me to challenge it. I'm gonna get fired. What are you talking about? And it's true, right? The culture has to be embraceive of this. So you can have individuals in your organization that are highly data literate, but if they're in an organization that doesn't, is not a data literate organization, they don't embrace politely and respectfully challenging data, they don't embrace, trial and error, they don't embrace the scientific method, they don't embrace the fact that everyone has bias, it's going to backfire. So I think the takeaway for organizations is you should strive to find individuals that have backgrounds in data literacy, but you as an organization should also look at your culture and see if you're actually fostering an environment where those skills can be useful. Because if you have the high team that does it and you don't have the culture, it's going to be a disaster.
1: Yeah, yeah. That makes, makes a lot of sense. And I think uh, especially, in, you know, I, I do feel like now that it's pervasive, you know, you can't just look at data purely from a financial perspective or data from a sales perspective. You have to really look at, or if you're a manufacturing company, you can from inventory management and production perspective, you really have to now look at it across the board from a people perspective as well, which is why uh, this, this whole movement towards the uh, you know, skill-based approaches in the future I think it's, there's going to be a lot of data behind it. Um, Absolutely. Obviously, there's a lot of AI, ML, and NLP that's going to be part of that as well. But I do believe, uh, ultimately, it, does, it doesn't need to be that complex. you know. But ultimately, we need to understand uh, the demand and supply, upscale, adjacent skills, things of this nature, which all require some level of critical thinking and, and data analysis. Um, the last question I have, you know, you are um, a, a chair of the advisory board for the Data Literacy Project. Um, can you talk a little bit more about you know? A, what is that data literacy project, and what is uh, you know your role in that, and what or what are they looking to accomplish?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a think tank, so it's a website that has an advisory board of members from different industries and different backgrounds and demographics, and our our goal is to um, empower individuals and organizations to be more data literate. I, I think today everyone not everyone, but everyone in a, in an organization may have heard the term data literacy. They have no idea what it is. They have no idea why it's important. They have no idea how to get more data literate. And as I said, they don't really have university courses on it, so it's a a place where we do research studies to identify how the data literacy can increase companies' bottom line. It's a place where we do training courses, assessments, curriculum, um, just like-minded people that wanna give resources out to companies that hear this buzzword and say, yeah, we need to increase our data literacy, but we don't know how to get started and quite honestly, we don't even know why we need to get started. Um, it's a good place to go. You can the thedataliteracyproject.org. There's um, community, you can ask questions, there's research papers, there's uh, training courses for free. So it's a useful resource.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks a lot, Kevin. I, um, and, and thank you for all the good work you're doing in that in that space, uh, which obviously doesn't pay. That part doesn't pay, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. it's good that other organizations can benefit from it. Uh, so how can people uh, reach you and, and get in touch with you if they need to learn more? Yep. If
0: if they're interested, um, just go to my website, kevinhannigan.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. I think there's two Kevin Hannigans. I'm the one where I'll say, you know, chief learning officer at Click. Um, I just recently published a couple books on data literacy. So they're both linked from LinkedIn or my website. If people are interested, just, you know, message me or or go to Amazon and, and buy them um, or just ask any questions. Excellent.
1: Well, thanks a lot, Kevin. It's been an honor. Until next time. I appreciate it. Sri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag PeopleStrategyLeaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios, for recording and mixing this show.